season about 21-year-old striker Kevin McHugh. With 20 goals to his name already this term, McHugh was expected to be Finn Harp's main threat when Premier Division star Shelburne arrived in Ballybuffet in the FAI Carlsberg Cup last Saturday. If I had a choice of any striker in League of Ireland, I wouldn't swap Kevin McHugh for any of them. Since he scored a few goals at the start of the season, he's just went from strength to strength and everything he's hitting seems to be going in. Well, most people, especially the GAA lads, will tell you that soccer players are very soft, but in Donegal, the Finn Harps legend Kevin McHugh showed that this is just not true when he drove himself to hospital after cutting off his finger in a training ground accident. We actually have Kevin on the phone now. Thanks very much for coming on, first of all, Kevin. Yeah, no problem. Um, can you just give me a run through of what actually happened to you? Um, well, I suppose it is what it is. Um, I was trying to get over a fence day or three something, and my, my ring got caught on the, the top of the fence, basically. And pretty instantly, um, I knew, knew what happened, and I was just trying to deal with it from there on in, you know. And um, I, ju I just saw on Twitter, I was following you live, uh, when you were live-tweeting it. What gave you the idea to live-tweet it? Um, well, I suppose when I was in the car, um, on the way to the hospital, I was uh, phoning my wife, and I was trying to explain that it was kind of serious, but not something to be overly worried about at the same time. But serious enough that she had to leave work, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I was trying to, but she, was, she wasn't buying it. Um, she didn't know what I was, uh, what I was on about, so... Um, basically I was taking a photo when I was on the way up in the car I took a photo um, to try and stand there uh, just to let her know that, that it's serious so finally working get, get out and collect the weigh-ins and obviously when I got up to the hospital then I was uh, just to keep my mind off things I was on I was online on Twitter and I, and I posted it you know obviously yeah. <laughs> obviously I didn't expect it to go go as far as it did but it did you know yeah, and yeah, you mentioned you actually, you actually drove yourself to hospital. Now, um, a similar thing happened to me when I was younger. I cut the top of my finger off. It wasn't wasn't quite as serious as yours. But uh, was it just the adrenaline of it of getting to the hospital that actually got you through the pain to allow you to arrive there? Um, I would love to say it was adrenaline. Yes, for probably the first minute or two. But when I was in the the car driving, even before I got into the car, I could feel it. I could feel the, the pain kicking in. Um, my heart was actually, I don't know, everything else, all the sounds around me kind of was blocked out. I could just, all I could hear was my heart pumping, you know, yeah. and obviously the pain kicked in at that stage and obviously I didn't know, I didn't know how far it was going to go, like was it going to get worse or was it going to get better, so I think that's the panic when you're, when you're, when something like that happens, like how far the pain's going to go and can you cope with it, you know, but thankfully I was able to cope with it and get to the hospital in time. And uh, we know now that, unfortunately, you won't be returning for Finn Harps this year. Um, is that a d disappointing way to end it? Well, to be fair, I know it's, like, people can make headlines out of it, but I was retiring in three weeks anyway. So, to me, to me, I've been very lucky to get this far without any major injuries. So, uh, I can be very thankful of that. So, uh, um, I'm not looking at a, as a negative. Yes, you could have said cheerio to the fans and the, the club in a better way, but... Um, everything doesn't work out the way you want it to at times, you know, and I just have to move on with it. And uh, you started you started your career way back in 1998 against Fannage United. Um, that's that's my local club. But uh, did you ever think back then that you'd go on to score as many goals as you did for Harps? 
No, not a, not a, not at all. Nobody does. I would say if anybody you sat anybody down at any level and they've done kind of considerably well, you they wouldn't. They would tell you no because you don't you don't know if you're good enough for that level. You don't know you don't know what's ahead of you, which is a good thing in many ways. Um, and all I can say is I put my head down a lot of the time and, and and worked hard at what I what I've done and thankfully I got my rewards. You know. Um, but I definitely didn't envisage um, having a as long a career with Van Harps and some of the things that I that I've done and I've I've absolutely no regrets on moves that I've made and uh, nobody told me to make them moves I made I made them on my my own behalf my own like if I made mistakes I like to make mistakes at least it's my my decision you know and I can live with it rather than listening to other people. Yeah, and uh, after your first stint at Harps, you went to you went to Derry and then you went to Linfield. There was some attraction from across the water as well. Uh, but what what was the attraction that brought you back to Harps instead of going across? Uh, well, I suppose it's the club. Uh, it's the club that I have most affinity uh, to, and and being being from Donegal and on Harps, you always would have been keeping an eye on the results, even when they were they, they got promoted under Paul Haggerty and they they relegated the game, which is disappointing. But um, I've been following them the whole way through, even when I was away. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's just a big part of me, the club itself in general. Um, a lot of the, the people, a lot of people in Donegal in general, as you know yourself, being from Donegal, they, people just seem to know each other, um, no matter where you go. Um, so there's something about there's something about the club that when you go into the, the change rooms and the people around the club, working around the club, the stewards and the fans that I know around the towns and that are Kenny in different towns, they just, they, they're all genuine people and um, the they're willing the club to do well, and they want the players to play represent the jersey to do well as well, you know. And uh, I mean, and uh-huh. two two years ago, you you re you actually re-signed the contract. You were gonna you're gonna retire back then, but you went on to play a major part in all the playoffs. Uh, how did it feel to have played such a vital role in getting uh, Finn Harps back up to the Premier Division? Well, I suppose in 2010 when I re-signed, that's the main thing. That I wanted, I wanted the club to get back to where where I think they belong and where I think everybody else knows where they belong now. Um, it's just a matter of kind of consolidating over the next few years and, and making sure we can build on it. But like Sligo did, and but like maybe even Derry did, um, and then you can attract better players and and maybe bring on the players that are coming through because there's an exceptional bunch coming through at the minute. So, um, I suppose in that regard. Um, it, w- it was pretty easy, but coming back in 2010, we wanted promotion, and come here one thing and another, whether we were good enough on years gone by, I don't know, but and to be fair to Ollie, Ollie and James Gallagher got the best out of the the, play, the group that was there, and, and we we done it against all the odds, so I was, I was delighted to be part of that. And uh, even, even though this season has ended suddenly, even though you're finishing three weeks anyway, are you happy to have stayed on another year to uh, help secure Harps in the top division? Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I know, obviously, uh, on the pitch, physically, I haven't done, I haven't played as big a part as I wanted to play. Um, but I like to think I've helped out in other regards, along with helping out on the pitch, um, off the field to, to do things. But come here, all he's done a tremendous job in keeping the club up. I know there's a lot of negative press there, um, and probably, probably likely so. Probably when you go eight or nine games without getting a point or a goal, it's. Uh, it does. It attracts negative press, but um, to be fair, we blocked it out, and all the all the help blocked it out. And he's he's well. 
we're not mathematically safe, but it'll take a big, uh, a big ask from Wexford now. They kind of won three out of their four games. They, they, they try and push us, you know, at this stage. So Ollie's done a great job. And uh, just one final question: Just wh- what's next for you? Are you going to go into coaching, or are you going to take a break from? No, I definitely won't be taking a break. I've been coaching now for the last couple of years with the, the, the county school boys, and I've got those. I've them under my wing at the minute. Um, I was in Belfast on Sunday with them playing Crusaders, and so I'm back coaching already. Um, so I would imagine I'll continue that on. I'm doing my badges as well at the minute. So I would like to think I'll be I'll be still coaching um, most weekends from here on in. You know. Derby have confirmed Steve McLaren is their new head coach. He signed a two and a half year deal with the club. McLaren was working on the coaching staff at Queen's Park Rangers but arrived at Pride Park earlier this afternoon for talks about succeeding Nigel Clough who was sacked at the weekend. Yes, Rob, it's been a long week here in Newcastle and finally we can bring to you the news this morning that Steve McLaren has been sacked by Newcastle United after nine months. Derby have confirmed Steve McLaren is their new head coach. Moving on now, on across the pond as most of the League of Ireland players go, uh, we'll move on to managers. And Steve McLaren and Steve Bruce have been have found themselves in a new position. Steve McLaren is back in Derby, and Steve Bruce has taken the Aston Villa job. We'll start with Steve Bruce first of all. Uh, he was in he was in the running for the England job first of all alongside Allardyce, and um, he didn't get it. Allardyce got it, and then Allardyce got sacked. Uh, but he's now taken the Aston Villa job. Um, is this a good choice for him? I don't really think it is, to be honest. Um, I, I think given what he did with Hull last year, I know it's a big club, but it's it's really in a club that's rapidly in decline and is, is really spiralling, in my opinion. Obviously, they did one win um, in 11 games under Roberto Martinez following one of, I think, the third worst Premier League season ever. Um, and they really haven't been able to bounce back at all. It, it just it seems like it's it's a club that's kind of spiralling out of control a little bit. So I think given uh, Bruce's performances last season for Hull, I would have thought that he'd very much, you know, he'd be looking around maybe the Middlesbrough job, the Swansea job. I know Bob Bradley just got that. Even West Ham are really going to come. You know, you don't know. He's languishing there in 18th. You don't know how long Slavin Bilic is going to be given. So I would have thought that he, he would have bided his time um, a bit more and really kind of hold it out for maybe, you know, a bottom tier Premier League club. But really a job that he's taken numerous times over his career with him, you know, Birmingham in the past and Sunderland. So I, I'm a bit surprised by him taking it, to be honest. I would have thought there were better offers out, out there for him, but it's still a big club, so I can see the allure. If he gets them back up, it's even going to look better for him. But um, it seems like a, a very... It, it seems, they must be paying him a lot because I, I can't imagine a football manager wanting to take that project on. I think it's um I think as far as appointments go for Aston Villa they couldn't really have done any better because at the moment they just aren't an appealing prospect for anybody out there looking for a job. I mean, like just to go straight down now from the Premier League and they've only played 
X amount of games in the championship and they're already looking at it, avoiding relegation and trying to get into a manager to avoid relegation. That's a huge, huge step down in what like their aspirations have gone from compared to a few years ago when Martin O'Neill was challenging Arsenal for fourth place. So I'm not too sure what Steve Bruce is thinking taking this job. I mean I think he did an alright job at Hull City. I think he did enough with them like um Obviously, his stint with Sunderland just before that wasn't too great, but Wigan then before that was pretty decent. Um, I'm not really too sure what else he can do with Aston Villa unless he can kind of just tip them over to January and make signings, but it seems to be out of the manager's control at that club on the ability to make signings because they virtually did nothing during the summer and it doesn't. it's not really clear on whether they have any more intent on investing money in players in January. Well, I mean, it obviously is a good appointment for... Uh, Aston Villa in my opinion I mean the guy's got Birmingham City promoted twice he got Hull City promoted twice so obviously in that aspect that it, they must be looking at it well he'll, he'll, he knows how to get sides promoted so we'll get him in he'll get us promoted but uh, just a, on Di Matteo the man he's he's replacing he spent 50 million over the summer more than Real Madrid spent over the summer <laughs> and uh well, Bruce has been known to be fiery and he's been known to that if the board do not cooperate with what he wants, don't give him what he wants, he will leave just as he did with Hull City. Do you think that's worrying for from for a Villa uh, point of view? If he, if they do get promoted, that if they don't pump more money into the club, then he'll just leave? Bruce? Do you think Bruce, Bruce will just leave if they don't? If they don't. Well, I can't imagine. Like, he has a reputation at stake as well here. And like, if he decides that the, the owner influence which is does seem to be a huge problem within Aston Villa is the owner influence if he decides that they're going to take away from his ability to do his job then I can't see him sticking it out and he has he does have quite a, a vast experience like managerial experience and has managed at many clubs but if you were in his situation and you weren't given the power to make signings or invest in any way in the club and you see the ship is still going to be sinking then why on earth would you stay why would you want your name associated with us and that's why I think he does he does need to get grasp a certain amount of power in January to succeed. Well, he actually has a, quite a hard job to do at the minute because uh, I was just looking into some of his record. His average win percentage uh, for the past two clubs has been 40%. At Sunderland, it was lower. Uh, with Aston Villa, they currently sit on 10 points with 35 games left. Uh, the past five years in the Championship, the average tally for a side to get to the playoffs, not even just automatic qualification, has been 75 points. Do you, think he can, do, do you think he will actually be able to bring that Villa side that are in such shocking form at the minute up to that level? Well, there's only you have to win games. Like I know they're, 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 not, they're 19, so there's they're five places from bottom. There's only two teams in the entire championship that have won one game this season, and that's Villa and bottom place Rotherham. So it's they're not in a great position at the moment, but I found his, his, his quote quite, you know, compelling to be honest because he was saying um, just on, on joining club he's like you only have to look at the squad and the investment that the club has made to realise we have a good group of players for the championship like one win from 11 games doesn't suggest to me that you have a great group of players so I, I don't really understand I would I would assume in that there's probably and I know like he's talking to Aston Villa TV so a lot of these interviews with club TV stations are just the most stock standard 
interviews of all time. I think, you know, you, you never see... It's the same with David Luiz signed for Chelsea, you know what I mean? It's like, I can't wait to get back to this great club. Like, it's... it's There's nothing really there that's that's of great note. So, I would have think behind closed doors, he's probably very much been assured that he's going to have something to spend in January because at this stage, it's like, if you go down to League One, like, the money that you've lost in two seasons from being in the Premier League mm-hmm. to League One is very hard to get back from there. You can't... You can do what Newcastle have done, basically, at the moment, which is double down on getting relegated, mm. which is really, you know, invest even more to try and get back. Double if you or get, nothing. Yeah, double or nothing, basically. Yeah, and if if, if, if if this doesn't work, you've got one more chance to spend big in January and bring in a whole heap of players that are desperately needed because the signings that they've had... The signings that they had last year doesn't work. It definitely appears that the signings that they've had coming into this season haven't worked. So I would assume that he's been given a lot to spend in January because if, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work out in January... You've got to do a Leeds United job, and you know you've really got to start going back right to the drawing board of, of how to even get back into the championship and have mind the Premiership. Yeah, he definitely has a job in his hand anyway. But we'll move on to Steve McLaren, Gavin. You're the resident Newcastle fan here. What do you think you of know a man that got your side relegated <laughs> walking into another I'm, job? I'm going to cut Steve McLaren some slack here and just say that I think this is actually a really good move for him and I think it's a really good move for Derby. There seems to be this consistent thing throughout his career where in positions where McLaren has been given the power to sign players is where he seems to fail the most. I mean, Derby are doing really bad at the moment. They haven't won in their last seven championship home games and they've only won one of their last 12 home games in all competitions. Like, they're sitting 20th in the league and, you know, that's a long, long way off the way McLaren had left them. I mean, his last stint at Derby, he spent two seasons there. I mean, first season gets them to the playoffs. They lose out on a 90-something to minute goal by Bobby Zamora. Second year around, he's top of the league with 13 games to go and then the famous explosion just happens and they somehow end up outside the playoff places. So, I mean, if he had left Derby 13 games earlier than he had, he would have left there with an absolutely fantastic reputation. I mean, even at... Like, in his first spell at Derby, I think his win rate was 54%. And like to put that into context now, Rafa Benitez is you know doing a great job, being widely hailed as a brilliant manager for Newcastle. But his win rate is actually fifty two percent. I mean, Alex Ferguson had fifty eight percent at United, but like at FC Twenty, McLaren managed sixty two percent. But Twenty was another club where they had a board of directors who had control of players who were coming in, where it wasn't really in the manager's hands. Like they were there to coach, and management was a completely different thing. And they have a similar system set up in Derby, so. I think like there is this running team, you know, where when he's at clubs in which he's given the players, he's doing well as opposed to when he's picking them himself. And that's why I think Derby's might be a really good move for him. Well, just you touched on the owners a little bit. When when McLaren left Derby the last time, he said, many things were said about my time at Derby. I wanted to stay there. Unfortunately, the new owner came in and I got sacked. And now he's come out and said, if the clubs run properly, people left to do their job. From the key is the owner and the vision and the policies and then working with good people, getting good players. So is he setting the rules now early in his Derby career, um, well, his second Derby career, to say, I'm the manager, let my people do their jobs and we'll let you get on with your job? I'd be a little bit more worried if that's the angle he's going for because that's kind of what happened with him and like he went back to 20 he went back for a second spell at FC 20 which also went quite well for him um, but between that I think he managed Wolfsburg and Nottingham Forest and he did horrifically bad at both of those clubs 
So if he's demanding, you know, like considering his first spell at Derby went so well, I really don't think he should want too many circumstances to change. Like maybe he has a right to demand a little bit more stability in his job, but um, as far as the workings in the back rooms were going, maybe you don't want Steve McLaren being in control of where your finances go. I think I think they've just given it to him basically when he left the club. You got to look at Derby were kind of consistently knocking on those playoff door. And they're really kind of now, what they're in, 18th, 19th place? 20th, I believe. 20th, yeah. 20th, just so, behind Aston Villa. Yeah, sometimes it's better. Look, he might not be, he's no Pep Guardiola or, uh, you know, he's mm. not like, you know, you know Emery he's bringing in. But it's, it's for them, it's probably, you know, it, this is someone that's gotten them to a place where they want to be. Yeah. Um, you know, or at least knocking on the door of where they want to be. And so they are languishing. But I'm just looking at their squad here. They do still have some some players that I like, and I've I've watched play football, and yeah. I, I've thought you know they look like decent footballers with Cyrus Christie, Richard Kyo, Akichi Enya from Scotland, Tom Ince, Darren Bent. I know he's getting them on a bit, but he's still, um, you know, he's been a goal scorer for a long time. James Wilson, um, the incomparable Alex Pierce, <laughs> uh, Andreas Wyman, former Villa guy. So they've got some some players there that he that he can work with. You know, not really a squad that you think. Um, would be kind of languishing towards the bottom of the championship, but he's um, yeah. Look, it's McLaren's just just a guy who's gone through a, a lot of clubs as most football managers have. Um, but most of the time at clubs, he's done reasonably well. He's had he's had uh, you know some reasonable success. I don't think he's ever in terms of silverware, not so much. But um, he's he's I, I can imagine him making somewhat of an impact. Yeah. Well, I'm, maybe I'm just being cynical, but for a guy who who got sacked last time went to Newcastle, got sacked from there, and now somehow he's managed to just walk back into the job. For me, <coughs> that it, it spells danger. I mean, mm. how, how can you justify rehiring a manager that you sacked two years, two years ago, ago and got sacked from the job that he took again after that? Like, where is the thinking behind that? Well, I think it's because he's already proven that despite having sp- bad spells, he can return to a club and then just continue to do a good job because that's exactly what he did with 20, where he you know, he, he had 97 games in his first stint. He won 61 of those games. He went to Wolfsburg, 29% win rate. Went to Forest after Wolfsburg, 23% win rate. Like, absolutely destroyed his career. Went back to 20 and all of a sudden he played, had 63 games and he won 30 of them again, 47% win rate. And he was back up in the top four, like 20 had dropped off kind of around mid-table in between him leaving so it's I think the idea behind it is the fact that despite having spe- like bad spells in between managing football clubs he's already shown that if he's returned to a place that he's been successful for before he can do it again mm. and well as we mentioned Derby are sitting just below Aston Villa in 20th pos- position and um, they now have a different manager is he going to be able to fix things in, in a general, do you think Derby can come back up and possibly fight for a playoff position? I think they need some more signings, especially uh, like we. I was talking to Jack like about this earlier. Like they've got twenty eight members in their squad at the moment officially, but they've only got seven midfield players. I mean, if you're going to play four of them each game, it's just not enough depth to get anywhere. So like it's all well and good now getting up till Christmas, but seeing out the the second half of the season is going to be very tough for him unless he can get a bit more depth in there. Okay, and just one last question. Come, it's coming to the end of the season. Aston Villa or Derby County, who would you rather see getting into a playoff position? Derby. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, I really don't have a, a dog in this. I suppose Villa, I mean, Derby is a big club. Villa have only recently 
you know, being in the Premier League. So I would like to see them back because they are the biggest club, I think, in Birmingham. Um, Birmingham City fans won't like me saying that, but they are. They're historically a huge club. So from a, an historical point of view, I'd, I'd still like to see Nottingham mm. Forest and Leeds back in the Premier League. But like, you know, that's not a realistic hope either so I don't know um, I, I just have this absolute detest for Aston Villa ever since Newcastle got relegated it was a 1-0 <laughs> loss to Aston Villa at home and I just remember the banners and the taunts that the, the Villa fans were draping down in St James's Park it's just I didn't feel a bit of sympathy for any of them once they got relegated and yeah look neutrality's gone off the table and when you're asking a question like that I, yeah. I, I kind of enjoy watching Aston Villa fail I'm not going to lie, so did I. But anyway, that'll do us for the football talk. Later on, we're going to have Jack and Billy in studio to talk rugby. I'm a scat man. I'm a scat man. I'm a scat man. I'm a scat man.